Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. The University of California Riverside has received three federal grants totaling more than $11 million for research focused on instilling HLB tolerance in citrus trees. The grants are from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Institute of Food and Agriculture. The funding was established by the 2018 Agricultural Improvement Act, which authorized the Emergency Citrus Disease Research and Development Trust Fund to fight HLB. The largest of the UCR projects at $6.8 million is led by Danielle Seymour, Assistant Professor of Genetic in a UCR botany and plant sciences department. The focus is on breeding HLB-resistant rootstocks. The project depends on collaboration with Kim Bowman, a citrus breeder at the USDA Agricultural Research Service in Fort Pence, Florida. The California Department of Food and Agriculture is announcing a single vacancy for a producer member on its small-scale producer advisory committee. The application period is currently open and will close on January 17th. The committee advises the CDFA secretary and the California State Board of Food and Agriculture on matters pertaining to small and medium-scale producers related to programs, research technology, workforce development, technical assistance, and equity issues. Socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers are encouraged to apply as well. The committee is comprised of five small-scale producers, one member from a national Native American tribe, one member from an urban agriculture organization, one member of a nonprofit representing or serving small-scale producers, one member representing academia, and one technical assistance provider. The committee meets on a quarterly basis. Appointments are for four-year terms. Committee members receive no compensation but are entitled to reimbursement for actual expenses incurred while attending committee meetings. Once again, more information on a committee can be found on the CDFA website. The California Association of Wine Grape Growers has announced Mindy D. Rohan as being promoted to manager of membership and communications. Previously serving as COGS communications manager, D. Rohan will now oversee member relations while continuing to lead communication strategies. Natalie Collins, COG president, says that Mindy has been a valuable asset to COG and they are thrilled to see her take on this expanded role. The integration of communications and membership management under her leadership will undoubtedly enhance the association. Before Joining COG, D. Rohan held roles as a program manager for the California Foundation for Agriculture in the Classroom and as the manager of the CAPCA Education Continuing Education Program for the California Association of Pest Control Advisors. She is a Cal Poly San Luis Obispo alumna, holds a Bachelor of Science in Agricultural Science and a Master of Science in Agricultural Business. She is also a 2016 graduate of the Leadership Farm Bureau Program. 
Rob Gurney, sales manager for JBJ Distributing in Fullerton, says that some organic vegetable items are heading towards a very strong market. On the top of his list are the squash, both zucchini and yellow squash. As of the beginning of the month, he told Organic Produce Network Connect that both colder weather in Mexico and some disease issues were affecting squash supplies. He said they are going to see very light numbers for the next few weeks. He noted that the FOB price for organic zucchini should be in a $30 range very soon. Gurney said other vegetable crops could also experience some good markets with tight supplies, including green bell peppers. He said many sweet peppers, eggplants, and cucumbers are currently experiencing steady supplies and solid markets. Gabe Romero of the Noons Company in Salinas predicted in his last market update of 2023 that a lack of volume could result in better markets moving forward. He said Yuma and northern Mexico have experienced a mild fall and start to winter, resulting in most organic crops tracking one to three weeks ahead of schedule. He says they anticipate availability across most items to be lighter than scheduled volumes as a crop starts to work its way back on schedule for the next two to four weeks. Surveying individual crop updates, Romero predicted short supplies of organic broccoli through the first half of January. He said noons had solid supplies of celery, but noted that demand was greater than volume. He forecast moderate supplies of iceberg lettuce, romaine and romaine hearts, leafy greens and cauliflower through mid-January. U.S. growers produced 1.12 million tons of lemons in 2022 to 2023. That's an increase of 5.5% or 58,000 tons from last year, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service. One-third of these lemons went to processing, with the remainder going to the fresh market. California lemon production experienced rising acreage and yields with growers in the state, producing 1.06 million tons in 2022 to 2023, which is a 50-year record. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. We're coming into a market window that traditionally we had on a year-round basis, but with the uh, advent of some tariffs and then COVID and distribution chain issues, um, our, our marketing window has shrunk. And so what traditionally was maybe on a year-round program or at worst 10 months, now is, is probably more like six to seven months, uh, eight months. And so we've got to do a real good job of sharing with our receivers over there, the, the quality and the condition of the crop, get aggressive on pricing, and, and make sure we get the right price out there initially. Robert Verloop, CEO of the California Walnut Boarding Commission, discussing his recent trip to India representing the California walnut industry and why the market has firmed up. While we were there, the, the first uh, true shipments of in-shell walnuts were hitting the market. Um, and, and we've all been anxiously anticipating um, how the market would react to the quality that we have this year. Um, you know, people that have been in the industry 40 years are saying the quality of this year's crop is, is phenomenal with 
um, high 90s in uh, light or very light color. Um, overall condition and quality of the, of the walnuts are excellent. And so um, as soon as these shipments started to land, uh, they went out to auction. And the way the system works there is you have importers and traders who bring the product in, and then they auction it off to local uh, food brokers um, who then move it into you know, a, a very diverse distribution chain within India. And so uh, while we were there, we got a chance to see some of the, the walnuts and they look excellent. Uh, the response has been very good. Um, having said all that, you know, we're, we're coming into a market window that traditionally we had on a year round basis, but with the uh, advent of some tariffs and then COVID and distribution chain issues, um, our, our marketing window has shrunk. And so what traditionally was maybe on a year round program or at worst 10 months now is, is probably more like six to seven months, uh, eight months. And so we've got to do a real good job of sharing with our receivers over there, the, the quality and the condition of the crop, get aggressive on pricing and, and make sure we get the right price out there initially. Um, what we're hearing and what we're seeing because of the quality, um, price is not so much the issue. It is just getting it through the pipeline. A lot of people are starting to look ahead for a Ramadan, which is in early March. And, and so those procurements are starting to happen, not only of India, but, but in other areas as well. We've seen some uh, improvement in price over the last couple of weeks um, in a combination of several factors. I, I think the industry has finally settled on um, what we'll call the bottom of the market, which is, is path pathetically low. But uh, again, we're overproduced for what the market wants right now. And so we've got a lot of work to do to correct that. And we've got some programs at the commission and board that are long-term demand building, but in the short term, uh, you know, we're going to have to rely on our, our handlers and packers processors to do their job to set up uh, promotions, make sure that they're delivering the high quality product that we have um, and really work with our trade partners. One of the things that impressed Verloop with India was that everyone is high on what demand could be. Currently, it's in excess of 70,000 tons, but he said many are talking about it being up to 200,000 tons as the market continues to develop and evolve. Um, the key to it is is really connecting with um, uh, key retailers and food processing. We spent three days at um, the Matai uh, uh, conference, which is essentially what we would call a convectionary uh, conference. Um, and it's amazing the, the number of people that include nuts in their sweets and convectionary um, applications. Um, a lot of people are experimenting with walnuts, replacing them for traditional products that, or traditional nuts that may have been there. Um, and they're being met with you know, very good success. So we the other aspect of what we do, as I mentioned, is retailers. <clears throat> a lot of our uh, receivers and traders uh, do an excellent job of packaging walnuts in different pack sizes. Uh, some of them are doing flavors. Um, we actually have seen a couple of uh, stores that specialize in nuts that uh, we've not seen that in the United States here. So there's a real opportunity to deliver a very high quality nut and, and a walnut and to be able to see good pricing as a result of that. But we've got to reestablish ourselves in the market we, we've let things slip over the last couple of years for reasons that are outside of our control, um, but we're bringing that back. Uh, one of the meetings I had uh, early on our visit in India was with the U.S. ambassador to India, 
Ambassador Garcetti, who is a, a Los Angeles former mayor and loves California agriculture, uh, speaks very highly of uh, our products, uh, is an advocate for walnuts, and uh, is very closely involved with some of the trade discussions, both with the uh, USTR and also with um, the appropriate ministries within India. And so we've provided additional information to show what the impact of the tariffs currently is on both trade, but then also in cost of goods for consumers. And so uh, our goal obviously is to bring down the 100% tariff to uh, pre-2018 numbers, which at that time was 30%. Um, the trade internally in India is working on this as well. They have formed a new uh, nut and dried fruit association to coalesce around some of these larger issues that are not specifically related to individual companies, but more industry related. And they're gonna have a big conference in February. Um, they're working internally with their ministries to demonstrate that a lower tariff actually is better uh, for the industry. Uh, there'll be more um, legitimate sales going through um, the, the government uh, system. Right now, there's a lot of sales that are leaking on the outside, and, and that needs to be controlled. Um, by streamlining the process and, and making some improvements, um, the government will, will see an increase in, in their uh, revenue, uh, while we're seeing a reduction in cost of uh, goods sold. So all in all, I, I think there's a lot of things pointing to improvements in the Indian market, uh, from a government regulatory, but also from a demand perspective, it is going to take some time and some work uh, by a lot of people. And I think we've got people internally, we've got folks here in the United States that are working on this. So long term, I'm optimistic. I, our sales there are already improving. And I think we will continue to see that as the year evolves. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. As the new year begins, there's anticipation about what lies ahead for the dairy industry, especially following the challenges experienced in the market last year. National Milk Producers Federation Senior Vice President of Member Services and Governance, Chris Galen. The bottom line is that we've seen uh, prices come back and margins get much healthier here in just the last couple months of last year. USDA announced that for November, the dairy margin coverage program margin is back above $9.50 a hundredweight. And the reason that's significant is that means that the margin now is such that the program, the DMC program, won't pay out anything for anyone using that insurance program in the month of November. And I'm hoping the uh, margin in December will be similar. Galen says poor conditions prevailed last spring and summer, but there has been a gradual improvement since then. As we wrapped up 2023, the economy looks pretty good, not just the stock market, but inflation's come down, uh, consumer demand is still strong. And so that's really a big driver of demand for products like cheese and butter that help underpin farmers' prices. If, if the economy continues to do well, if production doesn't ramp up again as a result of prices and margins getting better, then I think we'll have a pretty good year. Chris Galen with the National Mill Producers Federation. 
New data released by USA's Economic Research Service shows that in fiscal year 2022, USA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program served an average of 41.1 million people per month in the 50 states and Washington, D.C. SNAP is the largest domestic nutrition assistance program, accounting for about two-thirds of USA's spending on food and nutrition assistance in recent years. The SNAP participation rate increased nationwide during the COVID-19 pandemic to a high of 12.5% of the resident population population of the 50 states and D.C. in fiscal year 2021. The fiscal year 2022 rate fell slightly to 12.3 percent. SNAP participation varies across states because of differences in program administration and economic conditions. In fiscal year 2022, the share of residents receiving SNAP benefits in each state ranged from as high as 24.5 percent in New Mexico to as low as 4.6 percent in Utah. In 35 states, the share was somewhere between 8 and 16 percent. Liquid fuel sales, including ethanol blended gas, will continue for the foreseeable future, according to most experts, despite the politics of climate change. U.S. electric vehicle sales were up by more than half last year over 2022, but automakers say growth slowed as consumers had second thoughts over prices, battery range, and a lack of charging stations. The Biden administration wants half of new sales to be EVs by the year 2030 as they promote this climate agenda with regulations and green investments, raising concern in the ethanol industry, According to Renewable Fuels Association head Jeff Cooper. Demand for liquid fuels in light duty transportation, we do expect to be flat or declining over the long term. But shorter term or longer. We don't expect to see significant demand loss in the short term, really even in the five to 10 year window. We think the demand destruction that would be attributable to EVs is probably not really going to be terribly acute until in that 10 to 15 to 20 year time horizon. And if last year is any clue? We saw uh, stronger overall gasoline consumption and stronger levels of of ethanol blending and, and continued advancement in higher blends like E15 and E85. Including RFA road testing E85 in a hybrid electric vehicle. Demand for organic cotton in the U.S. is growing, but imports continue to pick up the slack of inadequate domestic production. A new project led by Texas A&M AgriLife Research aims to turn the situation around by identifying the challenges and opportunities for U.S. organic cotton growers. The study, called Fostering Sustainable Organic Cotton Production in the U.S. through research and outreach on organic regenerative practices, is funded by a $3.5 million U.S. Department of Agriculture National Institute of Food and Agriculture grant. Researchers expect the study to help U.S. organic cotton producers determine how to improve yields, productivity, and sustainability in their existing fields and transition more acreage into organic production. Organizers say they want to understand what their production challenges are, how they are managing them, and what works and what doesn't, and how their practices are impacting the soil and output long term. With no synthetic herbicides allowed, the project will identify other methods that might minimize the tillage needed for weed control. Military veterans interested in agriculture are invited to attend a series of on-farm and virtual workshops highlighting farm stores on-site and off. The course is free for active military service members and military veterans. Hosted by the Center for Rural Affairs, the 11-session series called Agritourism Through Farm Stores starts February 19th and runs through August. The workshops will rotate between online classroom sessions and on-farm sessions with an online option. 
Kirsten Bailey, Senior Project Associate for the Center, says during the on-farm sessions, experienced farmers will go through the ins and outs of on- and off-site farm stores, how they set up their on-farm buying experiences and challenges they have faced. Session topics include obtaining proper equipment, maintaining adequate facilities, setting up purchasing systems, and more. Farmer leaders with experience in various types of agriculture and agritourism, such as poultry, pork, beef, and beekeeping, will be available to assist participants throughout the course's online platform. For more information, log on to cfra.org. Women in Ag Tech has announced their second in-person meeting. It will take place January 21st and 22nd at the Renaissance Phoenix Glendale Hotel and Spa. Wyatt continues to champion opportunities for women in agricultural technology and fostering a vibrant community through mentorship, idea exchanges, and collaboration. The event will be an enriching experience, according to the association, featuring a keynote address, panel discussions, and interactive sessions led by industry professionals. Lara L. Solinsky of CropLife Media Group will lead the meeting and a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation will deliver the keynote. The keynote is called Cultivating Resilience, a Women in Ag Tech's Insights on Food Safety, Cybersecurity and Leadership in STEM. In addition, there's a lineup of guest speakers, including Vani Estes, who is Vice President of Innovation with International Fresh Produce Association. The conference will be co-located with the Vision Conference. For more information, log on to thevisionconference.com. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast and live and virtual events jcs marketing has the reach to inform educate and influence growers in the western united states everywhere you go you see west coast not magazine on every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything that's that is there so they're reading our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 